This is a Gulf Stories moment, made possible by the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Hello again, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Gulf Stories Moments. My guest today, returning guest, Dr. Wade Jeffrey, the director of the Center for Environmental Diagnostics and Bioremediation at UWF, and we're talking about the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill in the Gulf. Dr. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing great. I've talked to you about this before, and it's so interesting because, uh, you know, not only were you living on the Gulf Coast when this occurred, as was I, as with so many other people, but you had spent some real time in your life sort of studying environmental disasters and the kinds of ways that this sort of event could impact all of us. What were your thoughts when it happened? Well, we we got interested in part because it was our backyard. Right. I mean, we felt compelled to do something, whatever we could, because... You know, as I for my house in Gulf Breeze, literally the you know you could smell the oil on the beach, mm. and and we couldn't let it pass. And and whether anybody gave us funding and support to do it, we as scientists and as citizens of the community felt that we should get out there and and do the things that we do to see if we could understand it better and maybe help people. Okay, who is we? How many of you were there that thought let's let's do something? So this was the Center for Environmental Diagnostics and Bioremediation, and really focused around four of the faculty that were in the center, um, all with different backgrounds, all mostly microbiological processes. Um, but we came to it with, with different backgrounds and said, okay, I can do this, I can do that, and let's go out there and see what we can understand about what's happening. And you said, you know, whether we got funding or not, we felt like we got to do this. Um, did people come to you and say, look, you guys are experts, this is your backyard, what can you tell us? Initially, yes, we were doing work for the local um, uh, municipalities. We were taking uh, hydrocarbon measurements or whether there was any oil on the beach. We were doing that you know, very quickly and, and for free at the very beginning because we could turn data around within a day. The official government measurements that were going on were much slower than that. So on a daily basis, practically, or as often as we took a measurement, within 24 hours we could say there's still no oil on the beach. Um, that sort of disappeared. We kind of got pushed aside as the summer progressed. But we kept taking our own data and measurements anyway, and it's part of the data set that we've collected. I'm glad you mentioned the data set. Before this happened, and you and your colleagues felt this urge to get out there and start getting stuff, had was there much before that, you know, much data on, on this sort of stuff in the Gulf of Mexico, or was that sort of the precipitous to, to start figuring things out before the oil arrived? That's one of the, the hardest parts about the oil spill research that was done, was there was not nearly as much before data as everybody would have liked to have had. And so, you know, one of the questions is, has the Gulf recovered? Well, the problem is, is recovered to what? Because there wasn't a before spill data to be able to go back to compare to. Some things, yes, but some things, no. When the spill happened, uh, at what point did you think, this is not going well? I thought this might be handled by now. When did you know there may be some real trouble? Oh, I remember it really succinctly. Um, about two weeks after the spill, uh, one of the other faculty in our center, Jane Caffrey, was over by my house. And uh, we were talking, and I said, you know, this hasn't been plugged up. They haven't stopped it. Maybe we should do something and get out and start collecting samples before the oil maybe comes to the beach. And so that was a Saturday, and by Monday we had a meeting with everybody in, in CEDB and said, okay, here's our plan. And so for the rest of the summer, we went out twice a week, and we collected samples from seven different sites along the beach, both in the water and in the sediments or the sand on the beach and created this data set before, during, and after oil actually hit the beach. Which I know has proven to be so valuable. So the last thing I'll ask you is, that was, at what point did you say we're in trouble? 
At what point did you guys start to say, okay, this this is kind of over. We're okay. Um, about a year later, we stopped being able to detect hydrocarbons or oil residues with any significance in most of the places where we were sampling. That's not to say it was gone. If you go west and you go to Louisiana and Mississippi, right. they were much more strongly impacted. But for the places that we were sampling, after about a year or so, two years for sure, we couldn't find it anymore. Um, safe to go back to the beach, no problems with going to the beach. You know, um, you know we, were real, we were real happy to be able to say that. I know you were. Dr. Jeffrey, uh, really interesting stuff surrounding the uh, Deepwater Horizon oil spill from 2010. Thank you for the story. Thank you. For more Gulf Stories moments, visit wuwf.org slash podcast or go to the podcast page of npr.org.